Good morning. Welcome to Simply Remarkable, created by Remarkable A Speakers Bureau. Now, I'm Sue Falcone, your host today, and I'm the founder and CEO of Remarkable. Now, why did we begin this show? Well, we wanted a way to be able to showcase our talent that we represent here at Remarkable and so that you could get to know them as personally as we do. Also, you never know, you might find the next talent for an event that you're looking for. We never know. And also you're going to find some tips how to be and live remarkable just like we are. So today we want to make sure that we recognize you. We have a live chat that's open. We'd love for you to put where you're coming from today there because we're on all channels. So we, we love to see that. And we would welcome your comments, questions, anything, because we'll make sure that we get it all handled for you. Now, my guest today is Squire Rushnell. Now, he's an international inspirational keynote speaker. He's a best-selling New York Times author where his 12 Godwink books have sold more than 2 million copies and they're in 30 different languages. Now, who's known as the Godwink guy who coined the word for those little experiences that feel coincidental but come from divine sources. Godwinks has entered our language and it's in our dictionaries now. Now, he was once, as a former ABC network executive, he was one of the fathers of the ABC Schoolhouse Rock. I remember that so well. That was awesome. Loved it. And he came up with that name. So we're meeting the man that uh, made memories for us. And also, he is an Emmy Award winner. And today, he and his wife, Louise, are story writers and executive producers of the top-rated Hallmark Godwink movie series, which is now in its fifth season. And look, I make sure I watch all those movies, yes. And they also wrote the story and were executive producers of the recent Netflix film, Rescued by Ruby, which premiered its number two in the world and was ranked as Netflix third best movie of the year and it's up for another award and we might talk about that later but also that movie was based just like his Godwink movies on the book Godwinks. So we are so glad to welcome you Squire. Thank you for being here today and you're coming to us from where? Martha's Vineyard. Oh yeah. Yes it's so nice to uh, chat with you in the Carolinas, as I recall. That's right. Uh-huh. Well, we're ready for spring. <laughs> we are too. <laughs> On Christmas Eve, we were ready for spring. Yes, definitely. We certainly were. Definitely. Uh, well, you're the bright spot that we're looking for in the South. So that's uh, it. good to be with you today. Well, I'm so honored to have you. And to start off with, now, Squire, 
that I get this asked all the time. So this was the first question I knew we needed to have an answer. Yeah. Well, people tell me, they said, Sue, you must be misspelling his name. <laughs> why are you cat? Why do you capitalize the S and also the Q? Yeah. So how did that happen? How well, it's very, it's a very simple uh, thing. When I was at ABC as an executive for twenty years, uh, I always uh, signed my name S. Q, capital S, capital Q. And I, if, uh, you know, network e uh, executive, you get a lot. We didn't have email or texts at that point when I was at ABC for 20 years. And uh, so somebody sent me a memo and I would just write across the uh, the, the memo, a, a note back to them and, and move it on. And I'd sign it as Q. So my daughter's uh, all knew, uh, uh, both knew my uh, uh, my initials and so forth. And when my youngest daughter graduated from college with her little marketing degree, uh, I said, well, you've got a, uh, a little time off this summer. Uh, when my secretary goes on vacation, why don't you come in and be my assistant? And so there was my daughter on the 37th floor on 6th Avenue of the ABC building. And uh, she was out there typing letters and, and she came in in a few minutes and she said, you know something, dad, this little Q looks funny. Why don't we give you a big Q and then you'll have a logo. And I said, whatever you want, my dear. <laughs> and that's how I got my Q. And I love the fact that it, um, it defies spell check. It's kind of another statement against technology. It certainly does. Yeah. <laughs> and then people uh, tell me all the time, well, you must have misspelled it. Uh, <laughs> no, no. So now we know the true story. Thank we you. know the true oh, story. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you, your daughter. Hey. And she did great because guess what? Everybody knows it. Everybody uh, knows it. That's good. great. That, that puts <laughs> in our memory so that we know who you are. Yeah. Now, you're known as the Godwink guy. Uh, the next question I get asked a lot is, what is a Godwink? And how did that happen? Well, a Godwink is a relatively new word in the language. When you think about uh, language, it's, uh, it's about 20 years old, but it's made its way into the culture and into the language through the 12 Godwink books. <clears throat> and then, you know, the NBC series that I did for five years has, has helped. And then the Hallmark movies are helping to get the word out there in the language. But in the dictionaries that is now showing up in is a Godwink is one of those experiences that feels coincidental, but you know must come from divine origin. And there's a there's a clear distinction between coincidence and Godwinks. But when a Godwink is always um, a feeling of hope, a feeling of uh, of encouragement, and um, and then a second meaning for Godwinks was led to me by our uh, readers. And when they would pray and they would have their prayer answered, they'd say, I just had a Godwink. Well, as we researched that, we realized there is no word in the English language for answered prayer. And so 
people substituting the word Godwink for answered prayer filled a vacancy. So we were filling two vacancies. It's If it's not a coincidence, what is it? And if it's an answered prayer, how can you say that without saying, I just had an answered prayer? Wow. Made it easy. <laughs> Simplified it so that yeah. we know what it is. Now, as the famous storyteller that you are, can you show us what you mean through one of your God, favorite Godwink stories, how it really works? Yeah, well, let me tell you the story of Stacia Kelly. Stacia Kelly was about 23, 24 years old. And um, and she didn't know the word Godwink at that time either, I found out later. But Stacia was working in Denver and she got the word that her dad had died in the middle of the night. She rushed, packed a bag, put some memorabilia into it and stuff that she just thought she ought to take. And she headed for Sarasota, Florida, where her parents lived. And uh, she boarded the plane, took a seat next to the window, and she opened the morning paper that she grabbed on a, on a stand as she came on the plane. And there was her dad's picture under the headline, world's most famous clown, Emmett Kelly, dies. And she looked at that and she looked at that face that he had that was really a trademark face. Emmett Kelly, if you ever remember him, he had the, the hobo clown face with a sad, fad face. He, he was never caught in a picture. I mean, that was one of his rules to never have a picture taken with him without his trademark face. And he was successful all those years, 20 years with the Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus. He was always successful, except for just once. You see, he was being interviewed by a UPI photographer and the photographer was taking pictures and the phone rang. And somebody said, this is for you, Emmett. And so he, and he, they thought it was important. Well, he picked it up and it was the doctor. Doctor says, Emmett, congratulations. You're the father of a new baby girl. And he grinned and the photographer went click, click, click. And the next day that picture went around the globe in newspapers everywhere under the headline, sad faced clown smiles. Well, Stacia had seen that picture for thousands of times. It seemed in all of her lifetime, she knew about that picture. She knew about how important it was, but it had never dawned on her what he was smiling about. God gave her that notion at that moment to think about that. And she realized he was smiling about her. And then she began to cry. And there was a man seated next to her and he leaned over and he said, Miss, are you okay? And she pointed to the picture that she was just looking at. And, and actually what she had done is she had pulled out an old yellowed newspaper that she had in the bag of the smiling picture. And that's what she was looking at. And, and so she pointed to that picture to the man and the man turned ashen. He said, well, you won't believe this. I'm the photographer who took that picture 25 years ago. Wow. That 
is an amazing God wink. The fact that she was on that plane, took that seat, and the man next to her was a man who 25 years before took the most special picture of her father in the whole world. A peace came over her that surpassed all understanding. And you just won't imagine what what a good feeling she had. And as a matter of fact, she became best friends with that photographer. And he took the pictures of her wedding a few months later. (laughs) Wow. That's a God wink. (laughs) I can see that is. Yep. And I'm sure we've had them and just didn't realize what it was. Isn't that amazing? That's I know. amazing. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about, you mentioned it just briefly, but let's kind of clarify it for people out there. Um, are God winks and coincidence really the same? Are they interchangeable? Or are we seeing there's something different? Well, this has been a learning journey for me because when I started out, and my first book was When God Winks, the, How the Power of Coincidence Guides Your Life. And I honestly was thinking that coincidence and God winks were basically the same. But I was giving them a name that I felt was more special because it was was identifying that they were coming from God. But um, as I started this journey, I I. I started realizing that coincidence and God winks are very distinct. If you look up coincidence in the dictionary, it will say two events that come together unexpectedly usually, and they have no apparent cause. Now, a God wink are two events that come together unexpectedly, and they have a cause. It's a divine cause. And that is the world of difference from coincidence, which fits the definition that a scientist would need for for something that he can't explain. And he wouldn't want to use that G-O-D word to identify it. And so therefore that that fulfills the need of 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 a scientist. But a God week is distinctive. It is, just as I said, two events that come together with a cause, and that's divine. Wow. That is amazing. That clears it up for me. And <laughs> I hope for all others. And if you have a question, you just let us know. Yeah. And my next, you know, it kind of goes in a pattern here. Okay. I'm really intrigued now. I'm really wanting to see God winks in my life. But how do we get, how do we get more God winks? Well, you know, everybody has God winks. That's that's to begin with. A God wink that comes to you is a person-to-person message from right from God out of 8 billion people on the planet. So number one, you're special when you get a God wink. It is you. That's a delivery, a special delivery for you. It's a it's a tangible message directly from the throne room. Okay, that's that's number one. But once you can learn to have the eyes to see God winks, somebody once said to me in the process that God winks happen when we allow them to happen, and that's true. 
we actually, when we allow ourselves to see the God winks, that's when we see them. You know, there are times that we travel on the same uh, interstate highway all the time. And uh, if one day you said, somebody said to you, would you notice how many signs there are on this road? Do you ever notice how many are here? And they start looking here and say, well, no, I've never paid attention. You would not had, you didn't have the eyes to see all of the signage that was there. But the fact of the matter is, is that God winks are like signposts along your path. And if you haven't allowed yourself to see them, then you're not going to see them. Now, the other thing is, is that um, there is a, um, a very fem- famous uh, evangelist in the 1600s, Sir William Temple. Uh, he was he was apparently very important because they made him a sir over there in England. And so Sir William Temple had this quote. He said, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. Now, I can't blame him that he didn't know the word God winks. It hadn't been invented yet. Okay, so uh, we give him a pass on that. But what we have done is that we have said, okay, Sir William Temple, with full credit to you on the original quote, we're going to paraphrase that. When I pray, God winks happen. When I don't, they don't. So there's there are two factors that we need to keep in play as to how we get more God winks in our lives. Number one, to allow them. And number two, the more we communicate with God, the more he will communicate with us. And that always stands to reason, doesn't it? Think about your relationship with your neighbor, with your parent, with, uh, with, with a friend. The more you have good communication with each one of them, the better your relationship, the more they communicate with you. All right. And even our children. All right. So same thing with God. The more we communicate with him, the more he'll communicate with us. Wow. All right. That that's exciting. <laughs> that's exciting. Man, that thing, I mean, really just amazing. Now, as that storyteller that you are, which I love, that's that's a quality that's all great speakers should have but some just have more than others you know that that's and you do that now do you have a story that makes that point about getting more god wings yes um well let me tell you the david and tony story david uh espinoza and his wife tony t-o-n-i Uh, they lived in the town of McAllen, Texas. You've heard about it a lot these days with the border crossings and so forth, because right on the, if you think of Texas, that tail that comes down right at the bottom of it, that's McAllen, Texas, pretty far south, right on the border with Mexico. So a cold day in winter is like 75. (laughs) So um, David and Tony, had a crisis in the family because David went to a heart doctor and the heart doctor said, you have, I don't know how you even walked in here. Uh, I think you need to have a heart transplant as soon as possible. He got two other uh, uh, um, 
additional uh, reviews of that by other doctors. And they sent him up to Houston at the DeBakey Institute, where they put him through a regimen regimen of tests, and they put him on a list for a heart transplant. They said, David, your your heart is only working at 10% of capacity. And so you have got to get a heart transplant as soon as you can. So when they came back to McAllen, Texas, well, you can just imagine that that uh, that Tony was the leader of the prayer. I mean, she she called every neighbor, she called the churches, she called everybody she knew who was standing still and said, "I want you to pray for my husband. I, I, you please pray for David. He's got to find a a donor, and and we got to see if we can find the right person." But after about three or four weeks, she was feeling so conflicted. Because she realized she was praying for somebody to die in order for her husband to live. And she went to God and she said, you know, God, I, I don't think this is right. I, I am going to ask you to heal my husband and not to require another person to be uh, deceased in order for that to happen. Well, it came along to the early part of December. and. She was feeling a little more confident about the fact that she that her prayer was being answered. She knew she had to have faith and she had to have trust in God. And so she just had another conversation with God where she said, Dad, uh, Dad, Father in heaven, she said, Dear God, would you please give me one little sign that my prayer is going to be answered. I, I, I would just like to have that. I know you're going to answer it. I just would like to have a sign. I would like to have it snow in McAllen, Texas on Christmas Day. Well, Tony told that to a couple friends and they just kind of nodded. And there was one friend who had been friends with David and Tony all the way back to kindergarten. And he was always very frank with her. And he said, Tony, have you ever seen snow? She said, no, I've lived in McAllen all my life. He said, well, that's why uh, that might not be a reasonable expectation because it hasn't snowed in McAllen in 109 years and never on Christmas Day. That's, that's history. She said, yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm resolved. David is going to be healed. It's going to snow on Christmas Day. Well, not many people were believing that they'd bet on that. But at 1130, no, it was actually 1145 on Christmas Eve, Tony was tar starting to go to bed. David had gone to bed. He had a head cold. He'd gone to sleep and he was going to do Santa duty the next day. And her daughters had gone to bed and she looked out into the backyard. The roses were in full bloom in McAllen, Texas. And now they were covered with white. They had white snow all over them. And Tony went rushing upstairs to get David and her daughters to come and take a look. And they brought the camera and they took a picture of her out there in the snow coming down on her black hair, speckling her hair on her shoulders. 
and she knew everything was going to be okay. The next morning, there was a special edition of the of the uh, a McCallan newspaper, and it said, first white Christmas ever. And they showed pictures of out there rolling snowmen and making angels in the snow. Nobody knew that Tony had prayed for this. Nobody knew that. Not until Tony and David told us and we blabbed it to the world. I put it on the Today Show and in a couple of you know books. But, but that's what happened. And then there was already a scheduled um, doctor's appointment back at DeBakey in about two weeks. They went down and they did a day and a half of tests. And the doctor invited David and Tony in. And he's looking at the paper. He's saying, I don't know what happened, Tony, but you're going to live for a long time. And that was an amazing testimony to the power of prayer, equaling a Godwink that defies all mathematical odds. I'm so glad that you shared that, <laughs> you know, that she didn't have to keep it a secret anymore. And that's <laughs> what you do when you come and speak. Everyone just has that feeling of hope, that joy, because even in the worst circumstances, we can see that God does still wink at us. Yeah. <laughs> he, will, he will grant our prayers. Yes. Now, today, we are in a world of uncertainty, and people are not sure they can find that much hope. I know. So, what do you want to share with us of how we can face it? What is, you know, how we can use this to help us face that uncertainty and give us that hope? Well, you know, uncertainty is one of those things that we always hate. We never really think of it as something that we we hate. But it is one of the things that we hate the most. Um, if the medical report is uncertain, we, we, we really would rather have certainty to know whether it's how to deal with it. If, if we're running out of uh, uh, money at the end of the month and we're uncertain about that, we're we hate that feeling of uncertainty. And if you're on a wobbly staircase and it's wiggly and, and, and you're, you're not sure whether or not it's going to, you know, stay underneath you as you go up the stairs, you are uncertain at that time. And that's why we need to have the power of a faith that we can reach to like a steady handrail and hold on to. And that's what gives us the strength to keep moving forward and keep going up those steps. And God winks are tangible evidence of God's connection to us. Tangible evidence to a, uh, a supernatural being who is up there watching over us. And and when you wonder about whether or not God exists because you can't see him, well, you can. You can. You can see, you can learn to see the God winks that happen in your life. And that becomes a tangible connection. So 
look for your God wigs. And that's that's basically what uh, my wife Louise and I do. Is a, a, what's your employment? Well, we're messengers of hope. We deliver hope. We tell other people's stories. These are all true stories. All of those 12 books are filled with 400 or more stories that are filled with hope. And, and that hope is what we believe is the fuel that we need to, to give to people to keep moving forward and to keep moving on. That certainly sealed it for me <laughs> and all of our audience. We can have that, that joy and that hope. Yeah. And one last question, because you know what? 30 minutes goes by like a flash. Does it not? I mean, oh it really does. does. It it? All day. And maybe our audience would even stay with us, but you never know. But we do have to close it, but we certainly will have you back. That's Thank you, too. We're, we're not going anywhere. We're going to continue. But today, I want to ask you, Squire, what are you going to do today to be remarkable? What am I going to do today to be remarkable? Well, I, I hope I already started by being on uh, this show with you, Sue. Definitely. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and to try to be a, uh, a good uh, servant of God, that is what I'm going to do. Uh, we have a friend who's coming to stay with us for tonight. We call him Danger Devlin because he is a pastor who goes to dangerous places wherever they are in the world. If it's uh, in the far east or if it's uh, in, a, in a riot in, uh, in some place in America, he is always there to take care of the needy. And we are just so glad he is on the front line and we want to pastor to him today. So that's what we want to do today to bring him hope and lift him up. And, uh, and maybe uh, we'll be a little remarkable about that. I just imagine you will be. And to <laughs> our audience out there today, the challenge is for you to ask yourself, what are you going to do today? to be remarkable. We'd love for you to share that with us in the chat or on a comment later. We'd love to know what it is that you might find that you can do and become remarkable. Now, this has been a great time. It's, it's been amazing. Every week that we do this is amazing. And we hope that you will join us next week, which is Friday, the 27th of January. Can you believe January is just flying by? Is it not? Whoa. <laughs> and we will have at that time, the remarkable Hardy Smith. Now he's a high energy nonprofit and strategic planning motivational keynote speaker. Now that's a long title, Hardy, but you, you live up to it. And he's a board retreat facilitator, blogger, and author of the best-selling book, Stop the Nonprofit board blame game. So you won't want to miss that. And also be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you won't miss an episode of this show. And you can go back in case you forgot the wonderful stories that Squire shared with us today and relive it again. So 
we just thank you for joining us today and we wish for you a remarkable more remarkable week coming up and we wish for you the hope and peace of god wings see you next friday thank you squire thank you too